Welcome to the Well Hello Magic Podcast, hosted by me, Jessica Mickelson. My goal is to teach you how to have a memorable Disney vacation. As a mom of four, military wife, and lifelong Disney goer, I want to share the magic of the parks with you and help you experience that magic at home too. You can find me at Well Hello Magic on all social media platforms. And my main hub is www.wellhellomagic.com, which has everything you need for a successful Disney trip and more. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad you're here. We're back and we are going to be talking about Magic Kingdom today. We are diving into Genie Plus for each park and deciding what works for your individual family. Remember, your Magic Kingdom day is not going to look like anyone else's day. What I'm going to help you do in this episode is help you decide what your priorities are going to be, execute those priorities, and then obviously I want you to leave room for magic because as I said before, magic is not only found in the rides, it's also in the experiences. And with Magic Kingdom being one of the most family-friendly parks at Walt Disney World Resort, I want to make sure that you are able to experience as much magic as you want to. So let's start off with some stats. It's 107 acres. It has six lands. It is the most visited park in the world, the entire world. This is it. This is number one. You never want to go to Magic Kingdom on a Monday and you never want it to be the first day of your trip. That is because it can be the most complicated with Genie Plus outside of Disney's Hollywood Studios. And I don't want you to ruin that experience. You need to like go to Epcot or Animal Kingdom, test out Genie Plus first. I always suggest Epcot as your first day if it's not um, like a Friday or on the weekend or the crowd calendar doesn't tell you to avoid it. But there's over 20 rides on Genie Plus. There's a lot to do at Magic Kingdom. And so those are like the tips I always want to start with. Don't go on your first day and don't go on a Monday. I know you want to go see that castle. It doesn't feel quite like Disney if you don't see the castle. But unless you have multiple days there, I really don't want you to go there on your first day. Also, I have been under the weather, so if my voice feels sounds a little off, that is why. But, of course, I was not going to let this podcast not happen because I want to make sure that I'm helping you with your trips. So, what is Genie worth it? For me, it's always worth it. We travel down from Pennsylvania. It's a 14-and-a-half-hour drive, or we are spending a lot of money to fly down there. And so I don't want to wait in any line. So that is why you will always see me use it. If I was local, of course, I would skip out on using Genie Plus all the time. But I'm not local. So every trip I go is a meaningful trip. doesn't matter if I go once or five times a year or in a year. I still want to use Genie Plus if I'm interested in getting on rides. So the average wait time at Magic Kingdom is 39 minutes. Obviously, it's skewed by the high wait times on like um, waiting for a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or even Space Mountain sometimes. And then you have the low demand rides like Teacups or Dumbo that have lower times. So with Genie Plus, you're going to save on average four to six hours a day. You can guarantee yourself that you're going to get on those top priority rides for your family. And you're going to leave a lot more room for magic or the ability to go to a table service restaurant and not worry about getting on more rides because you're reducing the amount of time you're waiting in line. The biggest key factor for me on why I use it is because I don't want my kids to have tantrums. We just recently did a 45-minute wait, and I know I talked about this in the last podcast because I wanted to see, can we even do it anymore? Can we wait? And yes, we can wait. But if I would do that over and over again, 
the tantrums would roll out because they would get tired of waiting in line so much. So for me, Genie Plus is always worth it unless it is a leisure thing. There have been days where we go to Magic Kingdom and we're just there for the shows and we will just hop on some low demand rides. We're there to eat and just have fun. And that is a day where we won't use Genie Plus. But for most people who are going to be listening to this podcast, unless they're going multiple times, you are going to want to use. So why do you hear content creators keep saying you have to pick your top three? You have to pick your top three. Travel agents are saying pick your top three. And you're like, I am not paying a hundred and something dollars a day for a ticket to get on three rides. It's not that we believe you're only going to get on three things. It's the fact that if you don't have priorities and things that are clear in your party, that these are the three things that I am here at Magic Kingdom for. And if you don't have that, I can guarantee you at the end of the day, someone's going to go, oh, well, I really wanted to get on Astro Orbiter and we didn't do that. And you're going to look at them and be like, why didn't you say that that was a priority? And they're going to be like, well, I didn't know that we weren't going to get a chance to ride it. I thought we would get to ride everything. So the reason why we're saying pick your top three for the group, talk about it, discuss, go over the rides, look at the map when you're planning is because I'm trying to prevent that situation from happening because sometimes people don't say what they want to do unless they're asked. So this is me telling you, ask your group and plan. Now, obviously if you're going with toddlers and infants, your day is going to look different. You don't really need to ask a toddler what they exactly want to do unless you have a toddler like mine who literally is like, okay, we're going straight to Dumbo and tells you exactly how to get there. But for the most part, when your kids are younger, you're still controlling most of the day. I'm in that in-between stage where my kids are telling me the things that are their priority. So I want to make sure that I cover that and also cover some of my priorities, which again, this is why Disney days don't look different. So the general tip I'm going to give you is whether you're asking your group or whether you have babies or toddlers, you need to pick the three experiences that are the most important to the group for that day. So let's talk about some things about Magic Kingdom that are different than the other parks. So the one thing is Magic Kingdom's main street opens up an hour before park opening to anyone. This is not just if you're staying on property. It opens up to anyone an hour before. You can go down main street. You can go um, grab a coffee. You could go take your pictures in front of the castle. Main Street is open. They have like the trolley cars running. It's such a cool experience. It's a great way to start the day. It's the one park that I will try to get there early on um, the first day that we go to Magic Kingdom just because it's so wonderful to experience Magic Kingdom like that. It's really nice to you if you have early entry hours because then you can get your pictures in front of the castle and you'll see the two areas in front of Tomorrowland and Fantasyland that are open for early entry. So if you're going to Magic Kingdom and this is a first time trip or this is a once a year or once every couple year trip, I highly recommend making that an early morning. I know those early mornings are hard, especially if you're an offsite guest, because if you're an offsite guest, it's really difficult to leave for a midday break. You kind of have to find a spot in Magic Kingdom to kind of sit for an hour or two and get the kids a break that they need. But it is just Magic Kingdom mornings are that. They are magical. And so I would encourage you to do it. If you have two days at Magic Kingdom, maybe start one day early and then one start one day late and not stay till fireworks that first day because you'll be so exhausted. But you want to utilize that. So make sure to get there early at Magic Kingdom. If you have early entry, 
utilize that early entry time at in Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. We usually are able to get two rides done because we don't go to Peter Pan's Flight oh, and we don't go to Seven Doors Mine Train. If you do one of those and you get there at early entry, you might only get to do one ride. But if you pick something like Astro Orbiter, we could do Astro Orbiter and um, Buzz Lightyear, or sometimes we're able to do Space Mountain and Astro Orbiter and do that before the park opens and then still be able to get in one shorter line right when the park opens. So definitely utilize early entry hours if you're staying on property. You don't want to miss out on that. The other beautiful thing about Magic Kingdom is for off-site guests. This is the only park at Walt Disney World that you have the opportunity to rope drop because Adventureland, Frontierland, and Liberty Square are not open during early entry hours, and that is a huge bonus to you. So you can decide, do we want to rope drop, and literally means get to the front of the rope, and the big high-demand rides are going to be Jungle Cruise, you can go to Big Thunder Mountain, or Haunted Mansion. Me personally, I go to Big Thunder Mountain because no one wants to go all the way to that corner of Frontierland. So that line is usually very, very, very short where everyone is running to Jungle Cruise and that line kind of creeps up pretty fast. And then Haunted Mansion is really close to the back end of Fantasyland. So you can have the people who want a second rope drop Haunted Mansion get there. But like Big Thunder Mountain is like fair game for everyone. And so I'm like, if I'm going to rope drop and I'm offsite, we're going to Big Thunder Mountain because we can all hustle to that corner or frontier land and get on that ride. But if you're offsite, you definitely want to utilize that opportunity to rope drop because you don't have that at any of the other parks at Walt Disney World. There's also two additional options that I don't recommend necessarily for young kids My young kids probably could not do it, maybe if we rested all day. But if you have older kids, preteens, this is also an option for you. And again, if you have younger kids, you can try. There is Disney Adrenaline that helps you push through. But if you're staying at a deluxe resort, you have extended evening hours, which gives you three hours in the parks where you can get on numerous rides. The crowds are always minimal. Walk on onto most of the rides. We walked on to Seven Dwarfs, Mine Train, Space Mountain. We did everything that we wanted, but it's late. So that's the only downside of that. The other thing you could do is you could buy an after hours ticket. And so this would be on one of your days where you're not going to the park because I don't ever recommend buying two tickets to a Disney park ever. And personally, it's monetarily for me. I don't see the value in spending almost $300 for one person, one day at Disney. You are not going to get that value. You're going to be too exhausted from going to the parks in the morning and then trying to go again in the evening. I even suggest this for party days. Don't do two, especially if you have young children. If you're a group of adults and you can handle being at the park from morning till night, fine, do whatever you want. But if you are traveling with young children, which I know a lot of you are, if you're listening to me, it's not worth it to get both. But After hours events are fabulous. First of all, unlimited snacks. Like who doesn't want unlimited Mickey bars, popcorn, soda? It's wonderful. Then it's the same level crowds as extended evening hours. So you literally can get on everything. You're going to have minimal waits for the popular rides. So Seven Dwarfs, you might have a 15 minute, 20 minute rate for that ride because it's super popular. Tron, less than 30 minutes. So things like that 
will happen during the after hours and extended evening hours events. But I know those are hard to get or hard to do if you have younger children. And so those are additional strategies that you can use outside of Genie Plus to get on max on your ride to maximize your time while you're at Walt Disney World Resort. So first, I'm going to talk about the morning game plan. Planning your mornings with Genie Plus are going to be crucial. You basically have two to three hours in the morning to maximize your rides, and it sets the tone for the whole day. I love being at the park early and taking a midday break and then going back, and I understand that is a strategy that works when you are staying on Walt Disney World Resort because the transportation is so easy. And so for me, a lot of times I speak about being there early and making this morning game plan to maximize your day from the perspective of someone who's staying on property, which we didn't start staying on property regularly until 2018, once we bought DVC. Before that, we stayed off property a lot. So I do understand the struggles. And we even stayed off property, I think the last time we did it was August of 2022, but we've stayed on property the rest of the time or at a B resort or shades of green, which I still consider staying on Disney property because it is so close. So that morning time, if you are on property, you potentially could get on two rides during early entry. You could come into the park with three rides booked because you could do the individual lightning lane for a seven doors mine train, individual lightning lane for Tron and your genie plus selection. So I am talking by park opening, you either would have booked or experienced two to three rides and have two that are booked. And then hopefully if you're fast with your Genie Plus, you have a time that's before 11 and you can tap in and book your next selection. So that's why I'm always like maximize the morning if you can, just because it takes the stress off the rest of the day. And the question of, do you purchase the individual lightning lane? For me, it's worth it. It may not be for you. The reason why I don't like virtual queuing Tron is because the virtual queue is exterior and it tends to be up to 60 minutes waiting. It's not worth it for me because that's just like being in line. An hour line is an hour line. And my kids more than likely will not make it. They're already so nervous riding Tron. They, the twins have done it now. My oldest is like a heck no. And then obviously the toddler can only, she just rode Barnstormer for the first time. So she's not, you know, tall enough to ride it. But my twins anxiety like builds up as they're waiting in line. And so standing in a virtual queue for an hour is not great when you're watching that motorcycle launch out of the tunnel. So we always purchase the ILL and Personally, I almost would wait the 30 minutes to 45 minutes for Seven Doors Mind Train sometimes, but um, my kids love it so much, and it's usually 12 to $15, and so I budget that in as well. And so we purchase Seven Doors Mind Train and then try to hop on one other time, maybe late in the evening, right before the park closes when it's pretty empty. But for me, it's worth buying the ILLs. If my husband and I go by ourselves to Disney, we do the virtual queue for Tron because we're adults and we can wait. It's not that big of a deal. We'll talk or something in that line. But it's not like the Guardians queue, which is super interactive and indoors and has a lot to look at and is visually stunning. It's it's outside and there's umbrellas outside in case it rains and it can be miserable sometimes. So that's just my personal opinion on individual lightning lanes. You can decide what's best for your group. Tron at night is very cool. 
So if you want to ride it at night with the lights flashing, very cool. Remember, Tron is not like Guardians of the Galaxy. You have to return when your group is called. If you miss your group, unless you're at a dining reservation, they're not going to let you on. You have to talk to guest relations. Guardians is way more flexible. Tron is not. And that's because the first week it opened, people were waiting till the evening to ride. And the line was turning into a two-hour line to get on this ride because everyone did want to ride it in the evening when it looks really cool. For those off-resort guests, like I told you today, last week, Tron and Seven Doors were both available. And Seven Doors was available until almost 4 p.m. So if those are a priority for you and you also don't want to wait or use the virtual queue, I still would suggest for Tron getting in that virtual queue because that's the only way to get on. There's no standby line. But when the park opens, if you were able to grab a lightning lane and that is your preference, I definitely would do that. So that's just really going to depend on the time of year that you go. If you're able to grab an individual lightning lane for Tron or Seven Doors, but you could still have your your, um, virtual queue option for Tron, which you would book the virtual queue first and then do your Genie Plus unless you had two people able to book. I get nervous when we're off-site, so two of us will try to do the virtual queue first and then book our Genie Plus selection, or we use a program called Standby Skipper. You can search um, on my YouTube channel and in the podcast for um, Standby Skipper information. It's a lifesaver, and I highly recommend it. So um, if that's something that interests you, it is an app that will book Genie plus lightning lane selections, but it does not do individual lightning lanes. But if you're trying or virtual queues. So if you're trying to get an individual lightning lane or a virtual queue, standby skipper can book your regular lightning lane and then you focus on the other one. So that's what I like about um, that app. But your offsite guests, your time of year really matters. Then second, you're going to have to pick whether you're going to do the virtual queue or pick your Genie plus selection first and then do that second rope drop. That will significantly help your morning because at least maybe you can hop in one line and not have a significant wait to start off your day and then use your Genie Plus selections and keep it rolling. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A family of blue people from the bright yellow planet take a fantabulous summer vacation trip all over the universe. Young Heon gets kidnapped by giant rats and the whole family almost gets danced to death in outer space, but they still manage to go to intergalactic beaches, county fairs, nightclubs, motels, and they go shopping. On the podcast, I'll read from my middle grade novel version, and I'll play songs from the album. So come here, Space Vacation, the musical, and remember, the universe is like a song. So there are some other factors when you are planning your Genie Plus day because at Magic Kingdom, Cinderella's Royal Table is really popular to go to. There's a couple of quick services that are a little bit more popular than others. And those also take time if you're going to sit down inside um, because there's a lot of room indoors at some of these quick service restaurants. And a lot of people don't think of that as taking up time, but it does. Then you have things like Bippity Boppity Boutique, which also takes 90 minutes to do. So you have to like look at your genie day plus the activities that you are planning in, especially if you have young children. And on top of that, you want to take some kind of midday break 
also make it to fireworks because happily ever after is the best. So there's just a lot of factors that come into play with planning your genie day, which is why I really am pushing this the first two to three hours if you can make those heavily ride focused. So get to the park early, get in line, rope drop something, early entry something, book the individual lightning lane so you don't have to waste time in the virtual queue and you don't have to waste time in the standby line for Seven Doors Mine Train. And then really hone in. Like, these are our top three. Let's get those done in the morning. Even if you have a little bit of zigzag, just accomplishing the priorities, and then you can slow it down. So let's say your morning now, it will start at like 6 a.m., getting ready, getting out the door, getting to the park, booking your Genie Plus at 7 a.m., getting to early entry. Let's say that early entry starts at 8.30, so you want to be on Main Street at 8 o'clock to grab those pictures get to early entry, you do two rides, then the park opens, you start your Genie Plus time. By lunchtime, you would have gotten on probably five to six rides easily by lunch. And now you're sitting down to have lunch. You're going to maybe hop on one or two rides, go see Festival of the Fantasy Parade. Or after lunch, you have like Bippity or something that's going to happen. But we like to do Bippity in the evening. So usually after Festival of the Fantasy, we leave. And we come back for Bippity around 6, and then we have Cinderella's Royal Table or something like that in the evening. But you have to remember, if you do it that late, you will be in the castle for fireworks, which is really cool if you've seen the fireworks before, but not cool if you've never seen it before. So just keep that in mind if Bippity is a priority for you or Cinderella's Royal Table is a priority for you. The other thing you could do is you could split Magic Kingdom into two days. Magic Kingdom is easily three days if you want to take it slow. And I suggest taking all park days a little bit slower because you want to remember it. Now, with me saying all this, can you have a park day where you ride every ride and you get on everything? Absolutely. My family did it as a challenge and we got on 16 rides. It was not fun. And it's not fun because all I remember of that day is being like, okay, hurry, we got to go to the next one. Like, okay, let's book the next one. Okay, what ride's next? And I don't like that kind of a day for me. I don't like that kind of a day for my family. I want to savor the day. If Mickey's friendship flair happens to start and we didn't plan on seeing it, I want to be able to stop and watch the show and not run to a ride. And yes, we were doing that day as a challenge for um, a company that I was creating content for, but I always will remember it as being like one of the hardest park days because you are just going all day long and you're not stopping. I remember we watched fireworks from the back of the castle, which was perfect for us because the littles were asleep and we didn't want to have to deal with the crowds, but we were really exhausted after that kind of a day. So you really have to think about what kind of day do we want? Is this a ride focused day where we are going balls to the wall? It's about getting on all the rides You know, we'll get the little pieces of magic where we can, but we're going to be getting on rides. And that day's totally fine if that's what you're planning. But if you want a balanced Disney day that will make you want to go back, I'm telling you, you don't want to do it that way. I know I talked about that VIP tour with my friend and how she had said, I'm not feeling the magic. Well, on Friday of that trip, we decided we were going to three parks in which you're like, oh my gosh, three parks. Yes. 
But it was a leisure day. Leisure, leisure day. We had Genie Plus. We were going to do all the small things. And that was her favorite day. And should I have probably planned all the days like that? Yes. But again, I didn't know the person I was with, know that their priority was, you know, they, they were experiencing the Disney FOMO, have to do, have to do, have to do. And I let them do that. But then that last day was, was me controlling the day. And it was a great day because we left all that room in there for magic. We got on all the kids' priority experiences that they hadn't done, that they wanted to do. And it was slow pace. And there wasn't any time where we were like waiting for what's next. That's what I think people get confused about whenever I say like, take it slow. I think people think I'm like, take it slow. And you're just waiting. They're going home to home. What do we do next? We went to three parks. So we weren't like doing nothing. But it was just the fact that we weren't running from ride to ride. We were able to get lots of pictures, eat the snacks, sit down and relax a little bit when we wanted to watch the shows, you know, take a break. We took a midday break at the park. We didn't leave the park that day. We did it in the DVC lounge at Epcot. We got on so many rides that day. And then we ended up with building lightsabers at um, Hollywood Studios, the $30 ones at Tatooine Traders. And we watched Fantasmic and then the day was over. So it was a great day. It wasn't a super stressful day. Even with going to three parks with six kids, it wasn't stressful because we just had a well-planned out day and left a lot of room for magic. And the goal wasn't to get on every ride. So when you're planning Magic Kingdom, get your top three, utilize the morning. If you don't have the morning, consider an after hours event, or if you have deluxe resort extended evening hours, consider that too if rides are important. Make sure you know when the shows, the parades are going to be that you want to see. Remember, a toddler day looks so different than a day with mixed um, age kids and then also tweens, teens, and then all adults. No Magic Kingdom day is going to look the same. But the key to all of this is understanding your sellout order and understanding the return time. Your sellout order is always going to be a lot earlier. And so your return time, if it sells out at two, could be really late. And if you have toddlers, that's not going to be good for you. Also, don't be surprised when you realize that it's all the character meet and greets that actually sell out first. Because every time I post that in my Magic Made Easier Magic Clubhouse group, people send me a message and they're like, I'm just so surprised by this. But that is how it works at Magic Kingdom. And then definitely leave that room for magic. You want to be able to experience all the wonderful things that Magic Kingdom has to offer. There's a lot of magical moments that can happen. You want to see the parade. You want to stay for fireworks if you can. The stage shows are phenomenal. And Chains to Tales with Belle is such a fun experience. If you can do that, it's like a little show the kids get to be a part of. So I want you to experience all of that magic. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you today and starting to plan your Magic Kingdom day out. I will be doing the rest of the parks as we continue this series. I think the next one up is going to be Disney's Hollywood Studios because that is the next most difficult park to use Genie Plus with. So I hope you have a magical rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you have a moment, I would love a review. Find me on social media at Well Hello Magic 
Until next time, have a magical day.